I'd encourage you this morning, if you have your, your Bibles in whatever version or technological format that might be, if you'll open it to 2 Timothy chapter 1 with me this morning, and we'll be there in just a few moments. To hear Paul, if you look there in those opening verses, the verses that Bill covered last week, we'll talk more about that in a moment. But if you hear Paul talk in those first few verses, you might come to the conclusion that to be timid is a bad thing. To have a spirit of timidity is not a great character. You you might draw that, that conclusion. But what we need to understand here, and what I want to remind you of, is that when Paul is talking about timidity in the way that he is, he's not talking about general people. I mean, he's not saying, well, it's not so great to be timid. It's not so great if you're shy or if you're not self-imposing or if you're not a risk taker. That's, 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 not, that's not what Paul's talking about. We're not the people he's, he's talking to in that way. You see, as Paul talks about timidity, he is talking about timidity when it comes to being gospel lights. He's saying that timidity is not the right character or not the right uh, spirit for gospel lights. For Timothy or anyone who is called to to take forward the light of the gospel into the world. He's saying those of us who would be those who would take the, the, the saving light of Jesus into the dark and dimness of our world, that, that the spirit of timidity is not going to carry the day. And so when he, when he tells Timothy that he's not to have that spirit, he's talking about being a light bearer, a bearer of the gospel light. You see, as Bill last week introduced our series, Ignite, Living Bright in Dim Days, he took the time and he helped us to understand what, what was going on around Timothy. He helped us to understand why it is that Timothy quite probably had this spirit of timidity. One that, that seemed to be really quenching his flame as he talked about. He has a spirit maybe of of timidity, or let's, let's talk about reluctancy, or hesitation, or even fear. Maybe for one of many reasons. Maybe it's because Paul, his father in the faith, the champion of the gospel in the world, maybe it's because he's in prison, and quite likely going to die. Maybe that's what's going on. Maybe it's the fact that the world and religious forces all around Timothy are united to work against Jesus. 
Maybe it's the fact that there are known people that were once part of the kingdom, that were once part of Christ's church, but now they're denying their faith and they're walking away from Christ. And maybe this timidity that we're seeing in, in, in Timothy has something to do with, on top of everything else, the fact that he's battling this chronic stomach issue in his life. Bill talked to us last week and he said, these are the ashes. These are the ashes of the world, of worldly issues and concerns that quite probably have filtered down and settled down on top of Timothy's faith. Ashes of this world that causing his flame for advancing the gospel of Jesus to in some way be quenched. Now we need to understand again that Timothy's faith here is not being questioned. That's not the point. That's not the issue behind what Paul is writing. What's going on is that, that, that Paul seems to be hearing or realizing that his power, that Timothy's power, his, his, his flame for advancing the gospel has been smothered just a little bit. And so Paul is trying to ignite that flame again. And, and I don't know about you, I think you will agree that, that, that I personally understand, I, I get it, I get what's going on in Timothy. I understand why that, why that smothering effect may be taking place. For you see, even in our own world today, we as Christians are being confronted more and more with, with the, the overt attitudes and growing disdain for Christ's message of faith and purity and truth, are we not? Those are some of the ashes that are coming and maybe falling upon our faith today. Or, or maybe it's the fact that we're, we too are watching friends and we're watching family members and, and we're, we're watching even long-time leaders in the church leave their faith in Christ behind, or maybe just simply trivialize that faith, just not living it out. And then maybe we're witnessing too much, witnessing the rejection of Christian moorings by our culture and even by our courts. Here in America. Or maybe even on top of all of that, you too are struggling with some type of chronic illness. That it's not just the ashes of this world, but sometimes it's, it's, it's the, the negativity that comes into our lives through chronic illness. And, and while I'm here, let me, let me say this. If 
I know many of us here are, are suffering with that, but if you're not suffering with a chronic illness today, then you're not watching enough television. Right? I mean, every time you turn it on, if you don't have one, they've got one to tell you about. You, you may never have known it, but when you turn on TV, you're going to find out you've got some type of chronic illness and they've got some type of pill for you to take. But you see, it's all out there. We're no different. Those types of things can, can, can sort of settle down on our faith hearts as well and start to smother our flames for promoting and living out the gospel of Jesus Christ as well. It happens to all of us. So Paul has a message for us. Yes, his message is for, is for Timothy. But I think he has a message here for us that is intended to ignite, not just in Timothy, but to ignite within us our gospel-like flames as well. To get our flames for the gospel burning brighter than maybe what they are right now. And last week, he started that. He started trying to ignite that flame in Timothy. And, and he did that through one, one key word. Remember, Bill talked to us and he said, it, it was remember. Paul, in those first seven verses of of 2 Timothy is calling Timothy to remember some things that should stir up his, his, his flame and his, his, his fire. Remember that you're loved. And, and Bill talked to us about what that looks like and how important that is. And, and remember your faith heritage, Timothy. And, and, and remember the spirit that you're supposed to have, that, that you've been blessed with. And, and you remember those things. And, and I believe that will stir up this flame within you. But this morning in, in chapter 1 and verses 8 through 11 we're going to see that, that Paul is not through igniting. Paul's not finished with trying to stir up that flame within Timothy, and I believe to stir up that flame within us as well this morning. And he's going to use two words. He's going to use two important words to, to help him accomplish that purpose. And those two words are ashamed and joined. Ashamed and joined. And those two words are going to be uh, the things that he uses in order to, to, to capture Timothy's faith heart and reignite the flame that needs to be there. So let's begin reading this morning in, in verse 8. And we're not going to, I'm going to just tell you right now, we're not going to get very far, very quickly. So listen to what he says. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or me, his prisoner. And I go back to what Bill said last night. Paul is not, this is not Paul in an accusatory voice here. He's not accusing Timothy of being ashamed when he says don't be ashamed. 
What he's trying to do, now listen, here's, here's the central part of what I'm saying this morning. What he's trying to do in these statements that he's making to Timothy and he's making to us, what he's really trying to do is provoke him. He's trying to provoke that faith heart within him that he knows is there and he's trying to, to ignite in him and, and to cause his spiritual flame to burst into, into to flames even brighter than maybe what they are at this point. And so listen to how he does that. He says, first of all, as he says, do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. I think we could say, do not be ashamed of the message of the gospel. And, and, and he'd probably be, they'd be the, the, the same thing. But as he says that, he knew He knew Timothy believed in Jesus. He's not questioning that. He knew that Timothy believed uh, that he, as he spoke the gospel, as he spoke about Jesus, that he was speaking the true good news remedy of, of rescue from sin and death to the world. He knew that. He knew that Jesus was the only source of, of salvation. He knew that Jesus was the only source of, of true justification through faith. He knew that Jesus was the only source of eternal life. He knew all of that. But as Paul says, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. All he's trying to do is to provoke Timothy's faith heart here. And here's what he's trying to do. He's trying to ignite in him a sentiment of flame that says, No, no, I will never be ashamed of the testimony of my Lord. He's putting it in Timothy's face. And he says, Timothy, are you going to be ashamed? And Timothy says, No, I'm never going to be ashamed of the testimony of my Lord. And likewise, as we go on, Paul knew that Timothy knew the truth of Paul's imprisonment. Timothy doesn't think Paul's in prison because he's some type of criminal. Timothy knows he's in, in, in prison because he's a prisoner of the Lord. He's there because he's been the ambassador of Christ. He's there because he's been teaching and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And according to God and Christ's providence and even what, uh, what the world would do to him, he, he finds himself in prison. Timothy knows that. And as he knows that, he's not. He, he's not ashamed of Paul, and that's why Paul says here, not because he is, but again to provoke him. When he says, don't be ashamed of me, he's trying again to touch Timothy's faith heart and get him within himself to say, no, no, I'm not ashamed of you, Paul. I'm not ashamed of my father in the faith. I'm not ashamed of the apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the world, the one who's taken the salvation and holiness of God throughout all of the world. No, I'll never be ashamed of you. I, I'll, I'll follow in your footsteps, even if it leads me to prison and death as well. I have to believe I think you 
would agree with me. That in these days, that in the dimness and the darkness of, of our times, that we are the ones who should be aflame and not ashamed. Don't you? Don't you believe that we're the ones who should be aflame with the gospel of Jesus Christ and not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord? Yeah, I know you do. We do. And, and, and so let's hear Paul's words provoke us. Provoke and try to ignite our faith hearts and that, that flame for the gospel in us as well. Let's hear him say to us, don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord Jesus. Don't be ashamed of the truth, of the fact that Jesus is the source of righteousness for this world. Don't be ashamed of the fact that Jesus is the source of true justification through faith. Don't be ashamed of the fact that Jesus is the source of eternal life. Don't be ashamed of that. And he's saying that to us this morning in order to provoke our hearts, in order for us to give our response. So let me ask you this morning, as Paul says, don't be ashamed of the testimony of Jesus Christ, what will be your response? Is it this? Will you say that with me? No, I'll never be ashamed of the testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen? I'll never be ashamed of the testimony of Jesus Christ. And, and as Paul speaks to us this morning, these words, he, he's trying to provoke our faith hearts even, even more. When he, he says to us, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of me. He says to us, don't be ashamed of, of me, the apostle of Christ, and all the other apostles who took salvation to the world and brought it ultimately to you. The ones who brought the grace of Jesus to the world and, and the teachings of truth to the world and brought that all to you. Don't be ashamed of us. Don't be ashamed of this. In order, and he's saying that in order again to hit us right here in our faith hearts and stir up in us and provoke us to make the right response, which once again is what? No, I'll never be ashamed. Say it with me again. No, I'll never be ashamed of the apostles of my faith. Well... That's verse, a, verse 8, part A. <laughs> and we've got a few more verses to go. You see, Paul's not f through here, fueling Timothy's fire and, and fueling ours. He's going to go on and, and, and do that through this word, join. Let's read here. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join, there's the second word, 
Join with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us. Now, he's, he's going to walk through several verses here in which he's just going to articulate what, what, what the gospel has brought and what the gospel is all about. God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, Timothy, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which he granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who, listen, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. As, as Paul says to Timothy, join with me in suffering for the gospel. Again, he's trying to, to provoke Timothy's faith heart. And here's what he's trying to do. I think he's trying very hard to set his heart, his spirit aflame again with the purpose of, the, uh, of joining with Paul in the world-changing divine agenda. He's not calling Timothy to suffer for some worldly agenda. He's calling, he's calling Timothy to suffer with him and join with him in the greatest agenda known to humanity, the divine agenda to bring salvation and holiness to the world. And he's asking him to join in that. And, and as you look in these verses, in verse 8b and following, here's, I don't have time to, to talk about each one of these great theological truths and principles, but let me sort of paraphrase it. Let me tell you what he said. He's saying, Timothy, what I want you to do is I want you to join with me in standing up for and promoting God's eternal purpose. I want you to join with me in this eternal purpose of God and the power of God to bring salvation and grace to this world. And Timothy, I want you to join with me in the calling this world into a holiness that they cannot attain for themselves. To get a purity and to get a, a perfection that only comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And, and Timothy, join with me in telling others that Jesus has abolished death in his cross. And that he is now has brought life and immortality to life through his resurrection. Timothy... Join with me in that divine agenda. And he's asking Timothy. He's, he's hitting him again in his faith heart. And he's saying, Timothy, will you join me in that purpose, in that mission? He wants Timothy to say, yes, I will. But here's what you have to understand. Here's what Timothy has to understand. If you're going to join him in the mission and the agenda of the gospel, you must join him in suffering. Timothy, if you're going to join me in the divine mission to take holiness and salvation to the world, you have to understand you must join with me in suffering as well. 
And he wants then for all those pieces to come together. And he wants Timothy to give this answer. Yes, I will join in the suffering. I'm just not going to join in the divine agenda. But I'm going to join, I'm going to join in the suffering that comes through it as well. I'll do that, Paul. But see, the same message comes from Paul to us as well this morning. Paul's asking us to be gospel lights. God's, uh, Paul's trying to provoke the flame within us. He's trying to ignite within us a spirit that will promote the gospel in our lives, that will tell others about the saving grace of Jesus Christ, that will stand up for the salvation and the holiness of Jesus in, in our world. He's asking us to be gospel lights even if it results in suffering. Even if it results in the suffering of of the disdain of our very own peers and the disdain of the culture at large. He's asking us, will will you suffer for the divine agenda? Will, Will you promote the gospel even if it brings this type of disdain into your life? And he's still wanting to hear our response. And our response should be what? Yes! Say it with me. Yes, I will join in the suffering of the gospel. And and he's saying to us, will, will you join in even if you suffer the rejection of others or, or maybe the ostracization of, of friends and family and co-workers? And people that, in other terms, you esteem highly, if that happens, will you still be there? Will you still be joining? He's asking us that, and I think our response must be, yes, I will join in that suffering. Say it again, you got quiet. Yes, I will join in that suffering for Jesus Christ. Verse 12. It's here in verse 12 that he gives us the confidence to say, I I won't be ashamed and I will suffer. Listen to what he says about himself and I think for us as well. For this reason I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able. That he is able to guard what I've entrusted him until that day. This morning, we too can confidently say we're not ashamed. And we too can confidently say we'll suffer For the gospel of Jesus Christ because we believe the same thing Paul believes. We believe our Jesus is able. And and that he's able and that we can entrust everything to him. Even our very souls. And he will give us the victory on that day when he comes again.
this morning, my encouragement to you, to us, is ignite. Be the gospel lights Christ has called you and me to be in this world. Be those who are bringing the salvation and the holiness of God into the lives of people who need it so very desperately. Ignite. And maybe a great place to start would be on February 24th. To come and be a part of that World Bible School lecture and hear how to use those tools in order to touch others with the light of the gospel in your life in a way that works for you. This morning, maybe already, the coals, the heat of Jesus is burning within your heart, but you haven't, you haven't obeyed his gospel. You haven't taken that moment in time to put him on in baptism, to, to, to be cleansed of all of your sins, and to start your journey as gospel lights as well. Would you do that this morning, if you need to, while we stand and while we sing?